Carlos Ghosn sits at the head of the table of one of the world's biggest automakers, but now he finds himself surrounded in controversy. The chairman of Nissan Motors has been arrested for financial misconduct in Japan, setting off a global scandal that is likely to end the career of one of the business world's biggest titans. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg's Detroit Bureau Chief, David Welch. Thanks for joining us, David. Thanks for having me here. So who is Carlos Ghosn? So Carlos Ghosn is really an icon in the auto industry. There are a handful of CEOs over the past 20 years who have been considered rock stars, and he is definitely one of them. So he is the current chairman of Nissan, uh, of Renault, and of Mitsubishi, and the three of them are all joined in an alliance. Now, Mitsubishi and Nissan fired him uh, this morning after these charges of financial impropriety came up. But uh, until then, he had oversight of the boards of all three companies and was running Renault as also the CEO. And in the past, he has been basically the CEO of all three companies. He brought together this alliance after Renault saved Nissan in the late 90s. Nissan was really teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. And Ghosn showed up with $6 billion in cash from Renault, uh, which got some key products out the door so they could get cash rolling back in. He had a turnaround plan. He cut costs. He cut workers. He, he drove efficiency. He came up with a great product plan. And Nissan came roaring back, joined forces with Renault, and they, they went from being two sort of obscure Asia-only or Europe-only car companies to a, a global automotive powerhouse. So he's a big deal, um, this global powerhouse that you say. So what is exactly did he do with this financial misconduct? So he has not been charged yet. That's the interesting thing. He he has been arrested, and the prosecutor's office in Japan apparently has him. But what the company is saying, that being Nissan, is that he had understated his income by over the past five years by $44 million and has also misappropriated uh, company assets. And uh, CEO Saikawa of Nissan has said that uh, that there are numerous different things that he did. He, did. he didn't really specify in the press conference, but the tone of voice he used and the words he used were very damning. He said there were numerous uh, accounts uh, that, that had been abused and that uh, going also it just became way too powerful. There was too much power in the combined company going through one man. Uh, and by the way, there was a power struggle between the two of them earlier this year. But uh, what uh, what he's saying is that Gohan abused his power for his own financial mm-hmm. gain. That's that's the bottom line thing. We'll know exactly what they are, uh, presumably at some point when the Japanese authorities actually lay charges out. Presumably they're going to do so. And and what type of punishment might he be looking at then? Uh, that we don't know because we don't have the exact charges yet. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, in the U.S. usually you get the actual charges, right? There's an arraignment. Uh, in Japan, it's uh, <laughs> it's moving a little more slowly than I think we're used to over here. Uh, but it's it's pretty serious stuff. So let's talk more about who Gone is. You gave a good introductory of who he is, but what more of his backstory? Where does he come from? So Gone is uh, he's Brazilian born, and, and he's really one of these multinational guys. He came up. Uh, in, he spent some time in Australia. He came up uh, through the ranks of Grupo Michelin, or Michelin if you're American, and he did a very good job as CEO there and really uh, had a nice turnaround plan, and that's when Renault found him. And he was kind of rising fast there. He was, he was you know, thought of very well when uh, former and now retired Renault chairman Louis Schweitzer decided that buying a chunk of Nissan was a good idea. And he sent Gone to Japan 
to fix the company. And uh, it was kind of interesting. At first, he was cutting jobs, closing factories, which you just don't do in Japan. And at first, he was hated, and there were death threats and all kinds of things. Then he successfully saved the company. Some of the products they came out were very cool and did very well. Suddenly, Gon is a superhero, literally. They have comic books about Carlos Gon being a superhero in Japan. Uh, he went from uh, you know, really reviled to hero status and had a very long, successful run uh, as the man sitting atop these two companies and eventually three when he pulled uh, Mitsubishi into the fold. And what was the secret to his success of juggling all these company, companies in totally different countries with totally different cultures? So Gon was a really good operator in terms of making the companies very lean. He would make the really tough calls. Because he was such a multinational guy, um, he didn't really. He, he wasn't wedded to say keeping factories in Japan or or in France uh, or in any given market. Uh, you know, giving them sort of sacred cow status. If and then that went. That was true of the engineering and white collar side of the the combined company too. If it was better to engineer a, a small car that was going to be used by both companies in Japan or in France, they would do it there, and they would really combine resources. And he, he really got two companies that were kind of you know, regional companies in a way. Nissan was only doing business in Japan and the U.S., Renault primarily mm-hmm. in Europe, to work as a multinational car company, sharing parts, sharing purchasing, sharing back office stuff. And, and he made them both pretty successful companies. And he's a, look, he's, a, he's a tireless worker. He does have a big ego, and that was a, an issue with some of his direct reports. But, but he just tirelessly... Uh, ran these companies, and he made everybody work together. It was just understood you don't run afoul of uh, of Chairman Gohn, and, and he made everybody share parts and do things that car companies kind of don't like to do when they merge. Automotive mergers have a, you know, there's there's a uh, there's a pretty big boot hill of uh, of dead or bad automotive mergers, and this one has worked very well. So in the era of Donald Trump and in the era of Brexit, Gohn, he kind of stood out in the business world for someone who's considered a globalist. Yes, he definitely did, because Gohn, here's a guy who is is, a, is global himself uh, in terms of his own background, but then uh, you know, he, he rose up with a French company. He merged a, a French and Japanese company, actually not full merger, but he, he formed this alliance. They used to, uh, in fact, the press conference at the Tokyo Motor Show in 1999, when they announced this, he joked about sushi and Chardonnay, and, um, and, and he <laughs> was there for it, and he... Um, he really uh, had these companies, you know, kind of working together. He he made English the international language of both automakers, so that neither one seemed to be subservient to the other. Both companies owned a stake in the other one. And, and by the way, we we're talking about his wealth. He made 17 million last year, but he owned about 70 million dollars in stock between the two companies. So he really he had himself tied to both companies. He had both companies tied together. That did result in cultural friction at times, but it, it really did work better than probably any alliance, joint venture, or merger in the history of the auto industry ever has. You know, he, you said it yourself. He really became one of these rock star CEOs. How does he compare to other rock star CEOs? First one that comes to mind for me is Tim Cook. How does he compare to to the, his peers? So Cook is uh, look. You, you gotta say Gohn's probably had more success only because Cook inherited a company that had an awesome brand, a lineup of great products, and probably one of the most, if not the most, innovative product product development 
staff in the world and of, of a company in any kind of industry. Um, that's not to take anything away from Cook. Apple's still doing great stuff, and their value is, is still going up and up and up. But Gone inherited a company that was an absolute mess, and the savior was Renault, which was not exactly the Toyota of the late 90s. Renault was basically a European car company on pretty good footing, but the car business in Europe is one of the tougher places, or one of the tougher businesses there is. It's all, it's pretty well margin stuff. So he really had to bootstrap this entire thing, and he had to get very proud Japanese engineers to accept leadership and engineering from a bunch of French engineers. And and that still is an issue to this day, those cultural issues. And, and it was, uh, he, he didn't, he solved a lot of them, but probably not all of them. And, and uh, you know, I think he was having trouble with that right up until what looks like the end of his reign. You cover the auto industry from you know, the auto capital of the world in Detroit, and you've studied Gone you know, throughout the years. What's your favorite behind-the-scenes stories of him? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I've, and I've interviewed him a number of times as well. I think... Um, She's probably uh, probably these stories about him being in comic books in Japan. Um, but you know, the, the other thing about Gon that's so amazing, and, and Sergio Marchione, the, the uh, you know who, who recently passed away, mm-hmm. the head of Fiat Chrysler, is very similar. These guys had a lot of direct reports. They were in the air constantly. Uh, Gon was known to drink a lot of green tea uh, on the plane to just keep going. Um, because you know, they're really they're running multiple companies, multiple groups around the world, and the, these are people who, who live on four or five hours of sleep, and uh, just take on so much responsibility, and, uh, and 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 succeed at it. Is Carlos Ghosn's career over now? I think it probably is. When, and, and it, you know, a lot of this may depend on exactly what the Japanese authorities say he's done, what they accuse him of, and whether or not he's found guilty. But just the appearance of what has happened, and with both Nissan and Mitsubishi ousting him as chairman, that puts a lot of pressure on Renault. David, thank you. Thank you. Make sure to follow David on Twitter. He's at DavidWelchBN. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.